From Washington, this is CQ on Congress, the nonpartisan source for in-depth analysis of Capitol Hill's policy debates. I am Sean Zeller. A bipartisan group of six senators has reached an agreement that, if enacted into law, could finally resolve the immigration debate. But the deal would require Democrats to accept funding for a border wall and immigration hardliners to permit legalization of some unauthorized immigrants already in the country. My guests today are CQ reporters Dean DeSharo and Camila DeShalas, who are tracking the issue. Welcome, Dean and Camila. Thank you. So, Dean, what's in the deal? So the deal that was announced by these six senators, three Republicans and three Democrats, would provide a path to legal status for the DACA population, who are dreamers enrolled in this Obama program that Trump uh, plans to begin winding down in March. It also contains money for President Trump's uh, border wall on the U.S.-Mexico border, and it changes uh, the diversity visa program as well as limiting some of Dreamer's abilities to bring their family members temporarily to the So-called chain migration. Yeah, that's the term that that Republicans are are settling on. Historically, we've just called it family reunification. So, Dean, can Congress pass this deal? Uh, Things don't look good. The White House was pretty quick to say that they uh, had not signed off on it. Republican leaders said they had not signed off on it. And then reports that the president had made vulgar comments about uh, Haiti and some African nations last night during an Oval Office meeting about this deal is, you know, has drawn widespread condemnation from Democrats uh, and many Republicans. And the president on Twitter denying those comments also said that this deal uh, that was presented to him by this group of senators uh, is simply not going to fly. Right. And this, of course, is the comment that that uh, we've been all been reading about that President Trump asked the, the members of Congress at the meeting why we should allow people from these shitholes into the country, meaning right. Haiti and, and African countries. And this followed a report in the New York Times in December um, in which Trump had raised questions about why we would want Haitians to come into the country because they all have AIDS and Nigerians because they live in huts and wouldn't right. want to go back to their huts. Right. I mean, it, it's sort of a stunning change of direction for these negotiations. Uh, it was only Thursday morning that uh, John Cornyn, the number two Republican in the Senate, had said that he envisions a deal before next Friday. Charles Schumer, the uh, Democratic leader, said that he thinks the deal is finally within reach. And then uh, this morning, uh, Dick Durbin, one of the top Democrats in the negotiations, said that he doesn't envision ever getting uh, the White House's approval for a bipartisan deal. So it's it's the White House that we're worried about, that if Trump doesn't support this, obviously it doesn't become law. Right. Uh, Mitch McConnell, the, the majority leader, has said that he doesn't want to allow a vote on a bill that uh, Trump will not sign. But in Congress, what are the dynamics in Congress? I mean, if this got to Trump's desk, despite his his uh, repugnant comments, you know, he's been known to change his mind. So what are the dynamics in Congress itself, in the House and Senate? Well, there are internal divisions amongst both parties as to how, go, how to go about this. And that's really uh, coming from the four-part framework uh, for a deal that's been established. The four parts are uh, what to do about the dreamers, how to deal with border security, and that's including money for the border wall, uh, what to do about so-called chain migration, 
especially involving the dreamers themselves, and then how to change this diversity visa program, which historically uh, has given visas to people from countries that uh, have not seen a lot of emigration to the United States. A lot of poor and third world developing countries. Yeah. I mean, right now, uh, a lot of African nations benefit from this program, which is why it's uh, very important to the Congressional Black Caucus. And uh, after the comments that Trump made, the Black Caucus issued a statement saying that they were no longer going to sign off on any deal that changed the diversity visa program because of the mistrust that they feel with the president because of the comments that he made. Um, you know, up until these comments, they had been at least considering changes to the diversity visa, and they would have really needed to sign off on that deal. That's another example of how these comments are, are torching this right. deal. And Republicans want to, tr- want to replace the diversity visa program, w- which is really truly a lottery system. The, the people who win the lottery have to go through vetting and and we have to be sure that they're not a security risk, but it's it's really a lottery. And Trump wants to go with a merit-based system where we're letting in people, I don't know, who are you know engineers or mathematicians or something who right. are going to add more to the economy. Camila? And I think this is also important to mention the fact that this conversation of the diversity visa program has only come up in recent months because of the recent attacks in New York City. The, the New York terrorist attack, it was by an Uzbek uh, immigrant who had come in on the diversity visa program, right? He'd won the diversity visa lottery and come into the country and he he ran down a number of people in New York City. Trump used that quickly right after the attack to start um, pushing his agenda to end the diversity visa program, citing examples like this as a reason why it needs to end and to change more to a merit-based system. There have been efforts by senators like Tom Cotton from Arkansas and David Perdue from Georgia who have pushed legislation, for example, the RAISE Act, that would completely terminate the diversity visa program and include more of a merit-based system. Okay, so that's become a sticking point for Democrats. Dean, back to you. Uh, The other sticking point, I would imagine, is funding the border wall. I mean, Democrats have in the past supported some funding for construction of border wall, but... It's become such an important symbolic issue, and I would imagine that providing funding for it um, would anger the Democratic base so much that this has got to be a tough one for Democrats to swallow. The border wall is arguably Trump's hallmark campaign promise, and then this is something that he's pushed throughout his first year in office. Democrats have been opposed to it the entire time. Uh, so to to swallow that and to to approve funding for the border wall in res, in return for a deal on Dreamers would definitely be uh, a tough pill to swallow for them. You know, Republicans are also having uh, some internal struggle over this too. You know, they are demanding extensive uh, concessions in return for a deal on Dreamers because it's something that they consider granting amnesty to undocumented immigrants who are in violation of the law. And uh, there have been a number of Republican bills out there, including some that have leadership's name on them uh, and uh, rep- various Republican chairmen and whatnot um, that are go beyond the scope of, of the negotiations that we've been talking about and the negotiations that are ongoing. And so that could cause a, Repub- uh, a problem for Republicans in especially the House, where hardline conservatives want to punish sanctuary cities. They want to uh, deal with all these other issues that are not necessarily uh, on the table right now. And if this were to come up for a vote, uh, that could certainly 
cause some problems. Right. And in ending the diversity visa lottery program, uh, the bill, the proposal would also shift some of those visas to help people who have had temporary protected status, right? These are people who uh, the Trump administration has moved to end that status, which has allowed them to stay in the United States from Haiti, Nicaragua, and most recently El Salvador. Uh, That's not something that goes over well with Republicans either, right, Camila? Right. You know, the temporary protected status program is designated to immigrants residing in the U.S. that are not able to go back to the country's based on natural disasters, um, environmental conditions, or armed conflict. And so it's been a contentious issue because time and time again, the State Department has to review conditions in the country and determine if they are still eligible for temporary protected status in the country. And a lot of these temporary protected status beneficiaries have stayed in the country for more than 20 years. Right. They were originally granted the status in 2001, So it's been 17 years because of earthquakes in the country. And the interesting thing, we were discussing this before the show, is that the program benefits immigrants who were in the country at the time of the natural disaster. It's not about accepting people who were affected by the natural disaster, who lost their home in the earthquake. It's people who already were in the United States, El Salvadorans who had student visas or were here on other sorts of visas or were even here illegally who are granted this status, and they're well entrenched in the United States, to now require that they go back requires them uprooting their lives. But on the other hand, Republicans make the point, well, the earthquake was 17 years ago. How can it still be a problem? So it's this is a quandary which Congress would, is seeking to resolve with this legislation. Well, for the two examples of Haiti and El Salvador, El Salvador is still rated in the State Department as the most dangerous country in the world. For Haiti, for example, in 2010, it had an earthquake, and then it had it suffered a cholera epidemic. So there has been multiple things that have hit the country that have made it hard for them right. to rebuild their The poorest their country in the Western Hemisphere. Exactly. So, guys, if this legislation is not to pass, where does that leave us? Well, we have another group of negotiators that also includes Dick Durbin, uh, as well as John Cornyn. Uh, and then their counterparts in the House, who are uh, Steny Hoyer, the Democrat Democratic Whip from Maryland, and Kevin McCarthy, the Majority Leader from California. Uh, now, this group is said to be uh, involved with the White House on negotiations. Uh, it involves uh, both House and Senate negotiators, unlike the Senate so-called Group of Six, Gang of Six. Um, and so, uh, you know, it seems like the next proposal is likely to come from that group. Um, and we don't know when that might be or what it might look like. Uh, but in the sense that the Gang of Six deal is now dead, um, I think what we can look ahead to as the next uh, chance of something passing would be uh, whatever proposal emerges from that uh, from that group. So the Donald Trump has said that he's ending the Dreamer program for the young immigrants brought to the country as children as of March, which puts hundreds of thousands of people at risk of deportation. Is that right? Right. The, uh, you know, almost 14,000 dreamers have already lost their protected status. Uh, And as they lose that status, they become deportable. Um, There's nothing to suggest that the Trump administration is targeting dreamers for arrest and deportation, but that doesn't mean that they're not more vulnerable than they were before. So if they get a traffic ticket, they're at risk. Yes. They come into any contact with law enforcement 
they're in the wrong risk. place, they're at risk. Right. And also the people in the temporary protected status program, Camila, El Salvadorans, they have another year or so um, till the program ends, but then they can get deported. Right. There have been efforts in Congress to try to pass a legislative solution to allow them to stay and seek permanent residence in the U.S., but in this meantime, it's just a waiting game at this point. A lot of them are trying to seek um, legal counsel to see what are their options. And the chilling factor um, when you're dealing with both the TPS population and the DREAMers that uh, are enrolled in the DACA program that you don't necessarily get with millions of other undocumented immigrants is that these are people who are registered with the government. The, right. They've the provided the gov- government with their names and, and addresses, addresses and, and contact information. And so, you know, from the beginning, way back early in the campaign, there were fears that uh, if Trump wanted to begin deporting these populations specifically, uh, it wouldn't be difficult to find them. Right. And you said he has not as yet seem to directly target absolutely there's been, and, and and officials immigration officials are are consistent in saying that they are they don't plan to target dreamers for for deportation but that hasn't really done anything to assuage the fears of of that happening within the immigrant community right and it raises the question what has Donald Trump done by way of immigration enforcement he promised to ramp it up has border security been ramped up? Has interior enforcement been ramped up? Well, in his first year of of his administration, we've seen a historic drop in uh, illegal uh, immigration at the border. Uh, the way that's measured is with border apprehensions, um, the number of people who are caught. We saw them drop um, significantly in the first six months. In the past few months, we've seen them go up, uh, the number of apprehensions, uh, which is worrisome to some. But uh, relative to the numbers that you were seeing at the border uh, in the final year of the Obama administration, we're still way below that. So the thinking is immigrants aren't trying to get in, not that they've been lax about enforcement on the border. Right. It's certainly not that. It's certainly that uh, the, the thinking is that more immigrants are or fewer immigrants are, are trying to come. And, and why that is happening uh, is an issue of some debate. Yeah. Camila? There's been an interesting increase in the amount of unaccompanied minors that are coming through the border wall as well. Um, they've seen a significant number in December of this year compared to October and November. And that compared to the fact that this has been the fiscal year of 2017 has been a lower rate of apprehensions. It's just kind of interesting to compare the fact that more unaccompanied minors are coming in this month. Right. So, Dean... But interior enforcement is way up. We had these raids recently at a 7-Eleven stores. Right. Even with the lower numbers of immigrants coming across the border, uh, Trump has still managed to deport almost as many uh, immigrants as Obama did in his final year in office. And that's because of the increase in interior enforcement. Now, Trump said during the campaign that he wanted to uh, deport all of the bad hombres, um, undocumented immigrants with criminal records. Uh, but what we've seen is a rise in uh, deportations and arrests of people without criminal records, which has led immigrant advocates and Democrats to accuse him of carrying out this this sort of deportation agenda that doesn't consider whether you have family here, whether you whether have you're working, whether you're entrenched, whether you're con- right. contributing to society versus under past presidents committing dis- crimes. Right under past presidents, discretion has always played a role. Under this administration, discretion seems to be playing less of a role. 
All right. Thank you, Dean. And thank you, Camila, for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot. I'm Sean Zeller. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on NPR One. And please rate us on iTunes. For more on this and other stories, visit RollCall.com or find us on Twitter at CQNow or at RollCall.